gather around friends, I have a nightmare to tell you. It's about getting your head sawed open and your brain poked with a stylus while you are awake and talking to other people. It's um, medically called an awake craniotomy. And if you Google that, you'll see all kinds of videos on YouTube of people just having a raucous good time during their awake craniotomies and filming it and maybe playing the violin while somebody's poking at their brain, which is exposed to open air and can't possibly be healthy. Um, and that's cool, but also absolute horse shit. Um, I appreciate that we do have some um, sociopaths in the world who have no concept of the horror that a traumatic brain injury causes to a person and their family if they have one. So you could watch those videos in preparation for awake craniotomy. I did. Um, for me, they offered no respite, but perhaps for you, if you tend to um, veer towards the being completely emotionless and having no concept of um, down-the-road long-term uh, horrors, then by all means. But uh, I shall not be um, full in your head full of fluff. Uh, what I will tell you is that having an awake craniotomy is goddamn traumatic. And um, thank God, thank, or whomever, um, whichever you pick. Thank that one for fentanyl. I realize that, um, you know, fentanyl gets a bad rap on the streets. I'm not really uh, sure in any capacity why people take it recreationally because it's, um, you know, something they give you when your head is being sawed open. So, um, yeah, I can think of no circumstance in which you would need to um, then take some for fun. But we're not here to talk about the opioid crisis. We're here to talk about me. Me, me, me. And how... I was wheeled into a operating room. Um, I think sometimes they call them theaters, which actually is fun. Um, so I was wheeled into one of those, don't remember. Had um, a bone saw. Um, oh, let me tell you that my doctor was um, oddly vain, but I appreciate that because I am too. And so he was very careful to um, shave just the smallest amount of my hair off for where he um, then um, took a scalpel and sliced and peeled my skin back off of my head and over my ears. So it was flopping down like an adorable uh, Labrador. And then he, uh, so it's only so much, anyway, I say that to say that my um, scarring is very well covered by my hair, which I appreciated him doing. Um, but I also wouldn't have cared that much. Um, but it does run, it's about, oh, not even half an inch thick. And it runs from right at my temple, um, or right above my temple, I guess I should say, on my left hand, left side of my head. Um, it goes in a, in a beautiful arc from temple arc, top of my head, down, down, down to the back of my left ear. And so, okay. So he took a scalpel and he went, Shh, and then he pulled right Labrador and then um, they take a really hot, no, that's a stupid thing to say. Aren't all lasers hot? 
I don't know science. They took a laser and used it to, um, like a, like a fucking cat burglar, cut a little circle in my, in my skull, and then used some type of a clamping slash suction device to pop it out, pop the circle out, and there's my brain exposed to open air, um, as I think I said not that long ago. That does not seem remotely healthy, but, um, here we are. I mean, what if it was contaminated? What kind of bacteria is... That's something I think about a lot, to be honest with you, Um, as opposed to all the times I lie, is how many times can a brain be exposed to open air before bacteria, et cetera, start settling into... I don't know. It makes me very uncomfortable, and I I do think about that a lot and how maybe... um, is there a way to like sanitize any air in your brain? Is there air in your brain? Am I an idiot? So they pop it out like they're breaking in right to a high rise building so they can steal a famous painting. I might be thinking of the Thomas Crown Affair. What movie is that that I'm thinking of? What? Oh my God, it doesn't fucking matter. So they pop it out, your brain's exposed. They probably, they got to cut through. So your brain has like plastic wrap around it, but I think it's called like, it's not menagerie. Um, That's a great word though. It's called mangies, mangle. It starts with an M. (laughs) I'm so smart. It starts with an M and it's like this weird film, like the jello, you know, that film that gets on pudding. You got that around your brain. They cut that with, um, you know, some little scissors. And then um, I don't know what else they did until they woke me up. Um, my craniotomy lasted, I think, close to eight hours, and I don't think that that's abnormal. I think that's uh, pretty normal. I think they range from maybe like six to ten, depending. Um, probably not longer than that, or you're dead. Anyway, it was about eight hours. I remember about, it feels like maybe four or five minutes of being awake, but I know that I was awake, according to my doctor, for about an hour and a half. So that's all a black hole. Um, I didn't, uh, I, I did not request to have any of this filmed or to be told about any of it. And now I do regret that decision a little bit, but I also don't think my doctor would have allowed it because he's very posh and prim and proper. And also I don't think that I would actually be able to watch it. I think that I would ask somebody else to watch it and then tell me about it. Or maybe I could listen to myself from another room, but that might also still be too traumatic. So anyway... If you're going to have an awake craniotomy, um, the reason why it's awake is because they want to not um, kill you or handicap you in any way. So they need you to be awake to talk to them while they are depressing on your brain with like the stylus. Um, They create almost like a GPS map of your brain um, and then do the actual removal of the tumor. It's very interesting when it's not happening to you. So, um, the way that they do that to make sure that they're not, um, you know, cutting the wrong bits because everybody's brain is a little bit different before, um, our surgery, when I had my doctor's appointment with my doctor, where I asked him all the, um, the typed silly, probably alphabetized questions, um, that he also had me look at, um, probably about 20 pictures on his iPad and asked me to say what I thought 
you know, the first thing I thought of when I saw the pictures or what they reminded me of or who it was, if it was a person. Um, and the reason why he did that was because then during my surgery, when they woke me up, we went through the pictures again and, um, he kind of made sure that I was answering the same way or that I wasn't giving abnormal responses, um, that I was responding at all. So what was interesting about these pictures, I am, uh, I was born in the early eighties. I don't want you to triangulate too much, but I will say that, um, you know, I grew up with computers kind of really starting to be in schools all the time, but they started out, you know, where like the screen was green, um, and you had like the floppy disk drive. So, um, I say that to say, and then the pictures that he was showing were like nineties clip art. Uh, and so that was really strange to me. And I remember thinking at the time, like, should I trust the tools that they're going to use to cut my head open? If they're anything like the, um, tools they use for, uh, determining whether or not they're hitting the wrong parts of your brain, uh, and with regards to your speech, because surely they could have shown more modern pictures. Maybe there's a licensing issue. I don't know. But thus, many of the pictures were, so there was one of Oprah, but again, it was from like the early 90s. There was one of Hillary Clinton while she was um, first lady. There was Bill Cosby, which I did tell my neurosurgeon he probably should take out of the rotation. But I I have a feeling he did not hear or care what I was saying, Um, which is not a dig at him. He's, uh, anyway. Uh, Hitler was there. And then there was, like I said, 90s clip art of like a pony or a chair. And just, you know, a lot of random pictures that any person with any basic American frame of reference would know what they were. So when they woke me up, I was laying on my side And I didn't really register any of this at the time. I'm just describing it for you now so you'll know what it's like for you. Um, Laying on my side, my head was in a um, hard white plastic cage of some kind. I don't really know how to describe it other than um, if you have an MRI before you have your surgery, it's kind of similar to the um, white plastic. It's not a mask, but they put it over your head before they put you into it. it's very intrusive and uncomfortable. So I had that around me, which I was only vaguely aware of at the time. And my um, party boy, Simon Rex, anesthesiologist was um, facing me. So I'm on my side and he is sitting in like a black rolly chair and we're about eye level with each other. And he was like, hey, um, we're going to go ahead and go over all the pictures now like we talked about. And I said, oh, okay. And I knew what was going on, but I wasn't, um, it had not registered yet to me exactly. I was more focused on the task in front of me, I guess. I um, suffer from severe perfectionism. And I realize that that sounds a lot like when you're in a job interview and they ask what your worst quality is. And you say, "Mm, my worst quality is that I care too much. So having perfectionism for me, anyway, I'm not perfect in any way, shape, or form, and I don't think that I am, but what I do is think that all of my worth is based on if I'm perfect. So, um, obviously, I work on this, but in its worst form, I will do anything to be perceived as perfect 
by people around me because I think that's the only way to um, earn their love. And uh, that's what it is. So because of that, and because he had the iPad in front of me, and I knew that I had to, or not that I had to, but that we were going to go over all these pictures, all I was thinking about was, can't get him wrong, you you know, ace this test, you fucking nerd, so Simon Rex will think that you're perfect, and then he, I don't, who knows, it's not rational. But anyway, because of that, I was very focused on what I was doing, and I was not registering the fact that brain exposed, open air, um, dying, blood everywhere, bone saw. So we are going through the pictures, and everything's fine, totally normal. We get to Hillary Clinton, um, and so mind you, the whole time that I'm looking and saying the names of these things, um, my neurosurgeon is behind me on the left side, but I can't see him. And he is depressing my brain, right, with the stylus all over mapping it, um, not cutting or anything like that, just just mapping my brain with his technology from the future uh, so he knows where not to cut later. So we get to Hillary Clinton and I see that it's Hillary Clinton, and in my brain, I, I, <laughs> I know that it is her, but I cannot physically open my mouth, um, almost, and not like I was trying to and my jaws were locked shut. It was like I didn't know how to. It was a, I didn't, uh, it was a f- function that was beyond my comprehension of being able to do. Um, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it will when you're there. Um, so I couldn't speak, even though I very much knew that it was Hillary Clinton, um, and I could not say it, and that kind of snapped me out of my crazy, I'm going to get a 100, uh, revere, rever- reverie, revelry, oh. anyway, I suddenly became acutely aware that I was in the middle of my brain surgery, and that at any moment I could die, and that... Um, you know, someone was about, uh, the weight, the gravity of the situation um, just blew me right on over. And I um, just started to sob. And um, my anesthesi- anesthesiologist nodded above my head like he was not looking at me anymore. So he nodded and then shook his head. Uh, in a way that I could tell that he was communicating with my neurosurgeon, but didn't want to say, in my mind, I thought like, oh, this is so bad because he's shaking his head. No, um, something horrible must be happening because I can't speak. He's saying no. In my head, I like could hear my, you know, like the of my heartbeat no longer pumping. And I got so scared. Um, probably... Yeah, no, not probably. It's definitely the worst memory that I have um, with regards to any type of trauma I've ever experienced in my life. That that was up. That was tops. Um, But what he was actually doing was just shaking his head no to my neurosurgeon to just say like, no, no, that's, yeah, don't cut that place later. But I I did not register at the time. Um, So uh, sobbing. Um, and so when my anesthesiologist kind of did that movement to my neurosurgeon, my neurosurgeon, um, removed the pressure from the area. And I said, it's Hillary Clinton. I know it is Hillary Clinton. It is Hillary Clinton. I was very upset. Right. And then like crying while I'm saying this. And so, um, because I'm a hysterical lady, 
I guess my surgeon stopped. I don't know. I don't, we never interacted <laughs> during my surgery except for, you know, the part where he um, did my surgery. But the anesthesiologist was so kind. And I remember him just putting his hand on my shoulder. I remember we were still like eye level with each other. And he was just like, I remember him saying like, it's, it's okay. You're totally fine. And he was um, incredibly empathetic. And I really appreciated that. Um, and I don't really remember anything after that. No, I know now that I was still awake, you know, for maybe, like I said, an hour or so after that. Um, I assume everything went fine. Um, I, but, but I don't, I don't remember, um, after the Hillary Clinton debacle. So that's something that might happen, but you know, I was going to say, don't fear because he's just mapping your brain, but maybe I'm not. Anyway, you'll, it'll, you know, you'll know when you're there. So after they put you back to sleep, then they actually do all the cutting. And I suppose while you're asleep, that's when the interns are, you know, poking you with the needles. So you've already done the speech part that they know not to cut. And then the needle part. So they know where not to cut for motor. Um, so yeah, that was done. And then I guess they put your skull circle back in and then they take some titanium, um, screws, they screw it in. Um, they take your ear flap head skin and they put it back up and then you, they just give you a million staples. Honestly, I probably had like 50 all the way back. And then I guess they, you know, clean it off some, not a lot. I got to tell you. And then you'll wake up later uh, if you don't die. In my case, I woke up later, um, which was the, for not being able to say Hillary Clinton's name being the worst um, memory of my life, waking up after brain surgery and being alive is, was the best memory of my life. And I distinctly remember like um, wiggling my feet and just being like, ah, fuck. And the pain was intense. So if you're a lady and you're listening to this and you have had a baby, um, I hate to disparage your own um, feelings and memories, but childbirth is not fuck all compared to brain surgery. I would put um, unmedicated childbirth, which I have had, um, at about a three on a scale of one to 10 with brain surgery being a smooth 15 or 16. Um, The pain was so intense. I remember vomiting, um, passing out um, from it. And then my husband having to, well, from what he's told me, having to, you know, get the nurse to come and give me more medication quickly, um, because the pain was so intense. Um, Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but it was, um, just nothing I've ever experienced before in terms of pain. Um, it almost like takes you to a different, um, mindset when you're in it because your sole focus is almost on just like maintaining breathing through it. Um, but regardless, they do have the drugs they'll give them to you. Uh, you have to ask, which is weird, 
but do ask by all means. And then, um, we'll talk more about what it's like being in the hospital after brain surgery next time, because I feel a little bit rambly and, um, pretty bummed out about thinking about all this. Although the more I am talking to you about it, the more I do wish I had a video to post or show people, not myself, what it was like. Because surely it's fucking fascinating, again, if it's not happening to you. (laughs) So um, I'm sorry I can't show you how cool it is for someone else to have their brain cut open. Um, But, you know, you have an imagination. Use it. And anyway, um, so yeah, next time we'll talk about what it's like to be in the ICU, which let me tell you, uh, spoiler alert, fantastic. I miss the ICU so much. I think about it all the time. Yes, I have talked to my therapist about that and she does not hold the same um, opinion as me. However, what does she know? Just kidding. She's great. Um, uh, yeah, so ICU, it's the best, um, miss it. They give you a weight. It doesn't matter. We'll talk about it next time. What it's like to have an awake craniotomy, incredibly traumatic, but also obviously, do you want to be able to talk when you wake up? I certainly did. Here we are. Okay. See you later. Bye.